0: Meervoudig moord of doodslag terrorist is of meer sorry. I just heard that the uh, the price of the or the million dollar pigeon <laughs> has a bodyguard.
1: <laughs> oh, we should have had that as a story.
0: It's Friday, March 22nd, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Paul Peters, Master Student in Civil Engineering and the Dutch News Caroline Correspondent, and with me today is Gordon Derrick, Contributing Editor at Dutch News and Brexit Haiku Enthusiast, our third regular podcast host, Dutch News Contributing Editor and an American, Molly Quell. She will be joining us in the second half of the podcast, uh, when we will be discussing the results of Wednesday's uh, elections.
1: Yes, uh, lots to talk about there in the elections, not least of course how Molly got famous on Dutch uh, television this yeah, week.
0: Yeah, for <laughs> two or three times I think uh, yeah. she was mentioned on on, on Dutch. Uh, she made a habit of it, hasn't she? Yeah, it's uh, it's remarkable uh, how famous she got uh, in the Netherlands. She was, first she was famous in Limburg, of yeah. course,
1: and now it's, uh, she's gone nationwide. And now she's gone nationwide. Yeah, yeah. it's, um, it's um,
0: almost uh, like uh, Geert Wilders.
1: Yeah, next step Belgium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but where, but can <laughs> <laughs> where can I sign? Where can I sign? grenzen and But only after she crossed the border. Yeah, we, then we we the grenzen Yes, which is to the listeners who didn't see that uh, she, she put up a, a photograph uh, of a voting booth, a polling place. Of a, sign of a, polling a sign state. of a polling place. sign of a polling place, yeah, saying how great it is that you can vote almost anywhere in this country. And the NOS thought that was really uh, touching. American uh, had said nice things about the voting system. Yeah,
0: because if the NOS likes anything, it is attention from international media or yeah. from international people. Because uh, also on, on Dutch uh, talk shows, for example, whenever something happens, we had the attack on Utrecht, which mm. we're going to talk about. But whenever something happens, and international media mentions us you always see this montage of of breaking news uh, uh, items about the Netherlands from CNN BBC because you know there's only one thing that, that the Netherlands or Dutch media loves and that is Inter- attention from international yeah, yeah. media
1: actually knowing that people are paying attention to us yeah and you, you yeah. see
0: these montages of, of cnn bbc german uh, news uh, news programs uh, yeah. from belgium as well they always include belgium of course yes um even though belgium is talking about us all the time yeah. we never mention belgium
1: we never actually. talk about belgium no, no that's
0: really interesting so gordon uh, you are a haiku enthusiast are you going to write them or what, i'm not what? planning
1: to write any haikus no um but uh, i i shared a Haiku that somebody had written about Brexit and it was going. It was kind of very ira. well written. It was extremely well written haiku. It, it was a very, it, it, it was certainly very much on, on topic because it was just the word fuck seventeen times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so and w- and it was rows. a haiku on Brexit. It, 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 it was a call- It's called Brexit a haiku. And it <laughs> yeah. was just the word fuck seventeen times. And speaking of the word fuck, of course, that was also a highlight of the election coverage for you, um, which uh, brings us on to your title.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, th- there was a big debate. I think it was on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah it, it was Tuesday. On Tuesday. Night, yeah. It was uh, the the night before for the election. And something very remarkable happened. Something that we've never seen before. That is, uh, Margarita was bad at debating.
1: He fluffed his lines. Yeah, didn't he? yeah. because
0: he was asked a question, and um, I don't. We don't even know what the question was anymore. It doesn't even matter. He announced when he started uh, answering the question that he was going to reply to it in two ways, and he said the first thing, and then he said. I forgot the second thing. <laughs> I don't know what I wanted to say anymore. Yeah. And then he um, he started to look around for help and he started yelling for Caroline. Yeah. He he yelled Caroline help <laughs> and um, apparently Caroline is his uh, political aide yeah. uh, who apparently prepares his answers I think yeah. I'm, not, I'm not entirely
1: sure but that moment was really everybody was talking about it. It was it was a high point of what had been a fairly kind of humdrum debate up until that point. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then suddenly he so, was forgetting his lines which is one thing you never expect him to do he's it, usually a very polished performer.
0: It was yeah, he <laughs> He, he always does very well in these kind yeah. of debates but it was almost like breaking the fourth wall you know with, uh, with like in a Shakespeare play when all of a sudden the actor starts talking to the audience it was something <laughs> like that yeah also reminded me of the of the infamous Rick Perry oops moment uh, it was this uh, Republican uh, uh, presidential candidate during a debate who always also said I'm, go- I'm gonna do four things and he he was uh, listing the second thing and the first the first thing and the second thing and then the third thing he forgot and he said yeah. I forgot the third thing oops and that <laughs> oops that little oops that meant the end of his, um, it was end uh, end of his campaign of his campaign yeah. indeed and that was what it immediately reminded me of but instead of uh, meaning the end of the campaign for Mark Rutte mm. it, it, it almost gave him uh, sort of positive momentum, yeah, everybody. It, it almost everybody kind of really
1: humanised him, doesn't it? Because we, we used to go uh, to being this, as I say, very accomplished uh, debater who never puts a foot wrong, and then all of a sudden he just completely had a sort of a brain fart. And then yeah, he, he said later on, didn't he, in an interview afterwards, he then said, uh, "Is it one of these moments when you say fuck?" What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> or fuck, you know? Yeah, he he, yeah, he, yeah. He, <laughs> he, he, he didn't say it in English, but then because he used the word, everyone, not all the kind of English uh, language correspondents who picked it up, thought this was some great outrage. Yeah, whereas uh, actually, no, almost nobody was bothered.
0: No, but no, no Dutch. Person was uh, uh, didn't mind because we, we used that word all all the time in uh, yeah. in, in day to day conversation so we didn't mind but it was fun to see that uh, uh, international correspondents thought it was a big deal it, <laughs> but but the hef was about Caroline and it was not about him yeah good fuck.
1: and speaking of ophef that brings us on to this week's ophef of the week well so there are is s-
0: d- it is a list of several ophefs it was an ongoing ophef that kept becoming yeah, more serial more op-hef. a serial ophef yeah, yeah and it is about Unfortunately, the
1: only man we're really ever talking
0: about in the OPEF slot these days, Uh, Thierry Baudet, the leader of uh, Forum for Democracy, who uh, won the election. We're going to talk uh, about that later in the podcast, of course. But this was the week before the elections, and uh, there was simply just an ongoing stream of of op-eds concerning Baudet. It started when he refused to cancel his party's campaign activities on Monday following the Utrecht terrorist attack, uh, which we're going to talk about later yes. in the podcast as well. And he was very much criticized for that for uh, because all the parties uh, stopped their campaign, yeah. but he kept going. Um, and the day after that, the Telegraaf newspaper refused to publish a uh, Forum for Democracy campaign ad, stating that it wouldn't be appropriate to publish political ads on the day after a terrorist attack. Baudet threatened to sue the newspaper. Yeah. So again, that was upheav. Yes. And on that same day, Thierry Boudet showed up too late for the memorial ceremony for the victims of the Utrecht attack in the Tweede Kamer. Mm. He claimed that he was uh, held up by journalists who were Asking him why he wasn't in the in the room for the memorial service, but <laughs> he, <laughs> he said, "Yeah, you're holding me up, even though he already arrived." He was late. already late. Yeah. He yeah. was already late, so mm-hmm. that didn't make any sense. No. Uh, and on the next day, supporters were offended by a cartoon which showed Baudet laying on a coffin in his uh, in his uh, piano pose. Yes, um, which is ironic because I only thought that people from uh, Islamic countries were offended by cartoons, and they yeah. are the ones usually who are criticizing that. But okay, so this was a um, uh, a, a serial upheaval.
1: Yeah, it's been a week of rolling up for Thierry Boudet. He's really been basking in the OPF and uh, other things as well, as we'll get on to later. And he
0: very much benefited from it. This week, we uh, talk about the terrorist attack on a tram in Utrecht, why so many people went on strike this week, and what place the Netherlands has on the World Happiness Index. In the second half of the podcast, we'll be joined by uh, our very own uh, Molly Quell to discuss the results of the provincial elections of March 20th.
1: The man accused of carrying out Monday's shooting on a tram in Utrecht has been charged with three counts of murder with terrorist intent. Prosecutors also say Guckman Tanis, who was taken into custody on Monday evening, acted alone. Two men who were detained with him were released on Tuesday and are no longer suspects. A note found on a car, which Tanis allegedly hijacked just before the shooting, led police to suspect terrorism. They've also discounted an earlier theory that he targeted one of the other tram passengers in a possible revenge killing. Five people were injured, three of them seriously, and three killed when the gunman opened fire on a tram in the city's canal and island district. Tannis is due to appear in court on Friday morning.
0: Yeah, it was a really shocking um, incident because uh, it was... a. Yeah, almost the first time that we had uh, such a terrorist attack here in the Netherlands. Of mm. course, we've seen many terrorist attacks uh, in countries around us, in Belgium, in France, in Germany, and in the UK as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But but uh, while the terrorist attack was was going in the morning, um, uh, when the when the news broke, it was unclear if it was really a terrorist attack, uh, because there were still some rumors that it was uh, had something to do with some personal relations with uh, with with one of the victims. Yeah. Now
1: now the investigation has gone on, <clears throat> and they now seem to be more that the motive was was terrorism, and that there was, of course, a story through Monday that um, it was uh, a relative that one of the victims was a relative of the uh, of the shooter. That turns out not to be the case. Yeah. So it looks as if this is the first time, really, in the Netherlands, we've had such an attack on innocent bystanders. Of course, we've had um, murders with the terrorist motivation of Theo van Gogh, but that was a, an, an individual who was targeted. But this is somebody who actually opened fire in a pat tram, yeah. and it's absolutely, obviously, absolutely terrifying for everyone concerned. You had eyewitnesses saying that they had to kick open the tram windows because the driver couldn't get the doors open. Yeah. For- yeah. really horrible yeah. yeah it's dreadful
0: and uh, what was the uh, political reactions
1: Yes, and this happened, of course, two days before the provincial elections, which we're going to talk about shortly. Um, so the first question was whether or not to suspend the campaign, and most parties did halt their campaigning uh, for the rest of the day, although not Thierry Baudet, who, uh, of the Forum for See, who argued it was more essential that, to talk about the country's future. There was a televised debate scheduled between the party leaders on Tuesday night, and there was questions about whether that would go ahead. Eventually it did, but only at the last minute. Um, both Baudet and Gert Wilders of the PVV brought up the shooting in support of their anti-immigration stances, which obviously caused... Uh, very strong reactions from the other parties such as Rob Yetin of uh, Dezes and Zestof. Yeah. Uh, so that became an issue in the campaign and of course the main suspect uh, Gukman Tanis uh, who's 37 years old was born in Turkey so th- that was very much why um, uh, Kheer Wilders for example is making a point of it yes yeah. <laughs> as well remember as well um, and but there were also questions raised in Parliament from all sides um, because it turned out that Tanis um, is known to the authorities he has a long criminal record um, and he had been released from prison on March the 1st um, where he been he- where he was being held in remand uh, while awaiting trial for rape um he's also got convictions in the past for shoplifting burglary and firearms possession but lawyers have uh, said pretty much unanimously that um as the law stands there was no way that uh, any judge would have kept him in custody um while he was uh, awaiting trial
0: yeah yeah but still when when he's released and he, he he does something like this then of course you're going to ask questions yeah. about this but just to go back to the uh, to the to the halting of the campaigns. Yeah, I think for, th- there was an, an, a whole debate about this. Should yeah. we should we halt the campaigns or not? And I think uh, at the moment it was decided that the campaigns were halted by most parties. Um, the motive of the terrorist attack, as we know now, was still unclear. Yes. So um, at that moment, I think it was the wise thing to uh, uh, stop the campaign just out of respect of the victims. Yeah. Um, and um, well, later on the day it turned out to be uh, to, to be terrorism, and then of course on the next day you you continue business as usual and and and, yeah. and go go back to to our way of life and go back to our democratic process, just to s- signal that we're not going to stop.
1: Yeah, uh, be stopped by. by indeed, terrorism. and that was what uh, Macruto I think said immediately after the in the morning of the the attack as well. He said, "In you know, the best response is to carry on and, and show that your democracy and your society is stronger than, than one person, yeah. um, you know, tr- tr- trying to bring it down by uh, causing havoc in a camp and killing people in a tram." But obviously, it's absolutely devastating for uh, the victims of um, the victims and and their relatives, and our, our thoughts with them. But yes, in a bit of political context, stopping for the day I think was the dignified yeah, that, thing yeah, to do. Exactly. But there That's are first balance between yeah. either respect
0: and, yeah. and 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 just going on with uh, with your democratic process but yeah. the point i was trying to make is when Thierry Boudet decided to go on with the campaign uh, already assumed mm. that the motive of the terrorist was terrorism even yes. though at that point uh, we didn't know anything about that yeah. so i think that uh, you you could blame him for uh for that just wait until we know what happened and yeah. then decide um but he uh he assumed uh, uh from the start that it was terrorism and 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 I think that's that's problematic, I think. That
1: was overstepping the mark. I tend to agree with you. I think uh, yeah, in these situations, you have to be cautious and you have to wait to see what the authorities find out. In the beginning, I think it was very unclear from anybody what had happened. There was talk about the, the head of the anti-terrorism service said at one point that there had been shootings in multiple locations. Uh, which yeah, that's another the point. Yeah. There, there,
0: there was a very... Uh, all the authorities were, were, were saying something different at some mm. point. You had the mayor of Utrecht who yes. said there were uh, seven victims and it turned out to be five. Uh, uh, the, the national coordinator, he said there were uh, shootings on multiple Multiple locations, and then the police said it was only one. Hmm. I mean, it was really the the entire day was was contradictory reports from all sorts of authorities. So I think uh, we should also ask questions: Is there a central uh, authority that can issue? Uh, these sort of statements because yeah, I mean, if or
1: if you or, should, or, or how much should they, should they say when they're not absolutely 100% sure that it is the case you know the, 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 exactly they kept on backtracking and holding back and I mean they, even even Rutter actually I mean, he, he said very early on you know if this is a terrorist attack you know when actually it wasn't clear at all whether or not it was and that sort of seemed to me like a bit of a speech he'd kept in his inside pocket for you know for just such an occasion mm. rather than a substantial response to um, what he'd actually been told by the authorities because I got the feeling that it took a couple of hours the information to come out and they just didn't know at the beginning what they were dealing with no but to give them a lot of credit as well i mean they managed to arrest the Absolutely. guy by the end of the day yeah. and uh, actually work quite fast and you know the national terror threat alert was raised to five in utah province but that was really just so the emergency services could get about um with maximum efficiency yeah and it was there, the there was first time that, that happened, happened in the netherlands it was that, yes. that it was
0: raised to such a level i was really annoyed by all these contradictory reports and if you have this from journalists okay That could happen, but these were Mm. official statements by official authorities, and and that was just... Very bad, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, we're not used to this. We haven't had, to, mercifully, this has not happened in this country until now. So you know, it's the first time it happened. There was, uh, I think, uh, you know, mistakes are inevitable in the communication, and uh, uh, they were confusing. But ultimately, they weren't. in have any severe consequences. No, so, that's, true. Yeah. that's
0: true. That's true. That's um, true. Yeah, and uh, Margarita he had to deal with this terrorist attack on Monday, the entire day, and then on Tuesday we had this debate, where, which we talked about in the in, in the introduction. And some say that his, uh, you know, his his not his best performance it had yeah. to do with uh, with the day before when he had to deal with this terrorist attack yeah and also the city council of Utrecht they organised a uh, vigil for Friday evening tell us about that
1: yes the vigil as stille tocht in Dutch is being held at 7 o'clock and it's to commemorate the victims it'll set off from Utrecht central station and head for the 24 October plane which is where the shooting happened the mayor Jan van Zannen will join the procession and participants are asked to bring red or white flowers And
0: these are the colours of the um, coat of arms of Utrecht yes Yes. And uh, and the football team and the football team. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wow. Could that be connected? <laughs> Maybe in any way. <laughs> yes, and uh, I think it Margaret already uh, visited the site yesterday or the day before that. So yes. Um Between 35,000 and 40,000 teachers gathered in the center of The Hague on Friday to strike against working conditions and low wages. The strike, organized by teaching unions AOP and FNV Onderwijs, led to the closure of 2,600 primary schools around the country. In total, teachers are asking the government to increase spending on education by 4 billion euros, of which 3 billion would go to primary and secondary education. Strikers demand more additional support staff, reducing the workload of teachers, and to bring primary schools. Salaries into line with secondary schools. Teacher shortages are a real problem in the Netherlands, with some schools uh, dropping classes because they can no longer find teachers to teach them, and sometimes even parents have to turn out to serve as substitutes. But there
1: were more strikes this week as well, weren't
0: there? Uh, Yes, that's true. Uh, On Monday morning, train passengers uh, suffered delays when railway workers and other public transportation staff uh, went on strike for 66 minutes, starting at uh, 6 in the morning. Mm. Uh, The workers were protesting against the government's plans to increase the pension age, which they uh, want to be at 66 so that's why they were striking for 66 minutes Mm -hmm. Uh, very smart (laughs) Um, other protests uh, included a slow procession on the a28 motorway towards the Hague by emergency service personnel they drove to the Hague with a speed of again 66 Mm. kilometers an (laughs) hour with blue lights flashing and causing minor delays and um, yeah I would like to point out that the emergency services were on strike on Monday it was the day of the terrorist attack in Utrecht and there were videos emerged of police officers who were standing on the side of road protesting and when they heard of the attack they immediately jumped back into their cars yeah. and on their motorbikes and went back to their stations to see uh, how they could be of help. I, I mean it's something that you expect from emergency services if they'll strike and if there's emergency they go back to work immediately but it's also very nice to see when when it actually happens and yeah, uh, yeah I would like to uh, express my uh, my value of that.
1: Yeah no I agree with you. I thought it was a very Dutch kind of protest actually it was all very orderly and neat and tidy and they got it they, they got it out of the way early in the morning first thing as well so they didn't inconvenience people too much. It was a <laughs> Dutch, um, uh, and they did. They had this very specific thing of you know driving at exactly 66 <laughs> kilometers per hour as well. I was surprised they didn't do so 66.6 or something as well. <laughs> now they don't <laughs> want the retirement uh, age to be raised to 66.6. That's They true, wanted yeah. 66. But
0: it yeah. also means that uh, the police and uh, cars and the emergency service cars they are equipped with cruise control. Yes. Because otherwise uh, I can't know. imagine how they uh, would be able to hold uh, 66 uh, kilometers an hour. But uh, it was a week full of strikes, and mm. uh, we usually don't really see it. And when I heard it was announced that everybody was going to strike i thought oh, this is not france what's happening but yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then you see how they're striking and then uh, indeed it's a very dutch way uh, of striking and i believe there were really minor delays on the motorways and in, in the public transportation it, it, it was a bit more because they just literally did not yeah. run the trains
1: mm-hmm. but it was all, all very well regulated and contained to exactly make sure. you knew
0: exactly when the strike ended so you could schedule your exactly. you know, reschedule yeah. very easily re- schedule around it yeah The British government must be quick to make it clear exactly what they want to achieve by delaying Brexit, according to Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte on Tuesday evening. British MPs voted on Thursday for a delay to Brexit past March 29th, but that will need the backing of all 27 other EU member countries to go ahead. Rutte said the EU has pressing issues of its own to deal with. He said, and what point is there to keep on whining at each other when we have been going round in circles for two years? It would solve many problems, he added, if Britain would stop drawing red lines. If the British would say that Northern Ireland can remain in the internal market and remain in the EU for a period of time, then the problem is solved. If they say that in the future England would like to be part of the customs union, then that problem is solved. But they've already drawn red lines. British politicians must now make their position clear. Rutter also added that he has no plans to intervene. They chose to leave, and if they want to delay, they have to explain why, he said.
1: Yes, and of course, since then, Donald Tusk, the president of the European Council, has dropped something of a bombshell, because Theresa May wrote him a letter uh, asking for Brexit to be extended to June 30th, and he said no. Really? He was, he's told uh, Britain it can't have an extension to June 30th. They can have an extension to maximum of May the 23rd. And the other thing is, he didn't say the thing everyone expected. They thought that the EU would offer Britain a longer extension if it wants that as an alternative. And no, he just and said straight up, it may it's either March the 29th or May the 23rd, or well, those are your options basically. I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to the
0: uh, to the United Kingdom European Brexit delay <laughs> agreement that will be voted on in Parliament three times, and then uh, Burko will say yes. no, we're not He'll going say to no, vote Time. oh we have yeah. we have a mini Brexit uh, negotiation. Yeah, crisis we, have, we, just here. Have
1: a, we just have a total Brexit standstill oh, now, yeah,
0: basically. It is. Um, I think it's uh, it's somewhere hilarious that uh, Mark Rutter says that the British politician must now make their position clear, even though they must have done that two years ago at least. Yeah. Uh, and now it's only two weeks before Brexit. No, it's less. Yes. It's, uh, it's less
1: than two. But no, it's a week. We're recording on uh, Thursday, the 21st, and it's the 29th. Yes. And that, uh, uh, it's due to happen. And yeah. do you see which uh, film character Mark Rutter compares Theresa May to at the weekend? Yeah, it was the Monty Python legless <laughs> yes. uh, knight, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, it was a knight. It, it's the Black Knight. The yeah, black f- f- a famous character in the quest for the Holy Grail uh, who ends up having his arms and his legs cut off but he still thinks he can fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if she's pleased with that comparison. I don't think he really But it's down not the well. worst
0: comparison that was ever made with her, I think.
1: And in other very unsurprising news, um, f- not so many Dutch people are crossing the channel.
0: Yeah, uh, Dutch emigration to Britain has fallen almost 30%, the CBS said. At the same time, the number of British nationals Coming to the Netherlands continues to rise. In uh, 2018, 5,800 people made the move, a 40% increase on uh, 2015. Uh, More British nationals are also returning home, interestingly enough. Some 3,000 went back to the UK last year, the CBS said. Earlier this week, it emerged that uh, record numbers of British nationals are also becoming Dutch to beat Brexit Mm. in January alone. 80 British citizens in the Netherlands gave up their British nationality
1: to become Dutch, compared
0: with just 19 in the whole year of uh, 2015.
1: So that's, uh, I think, a reflection of uh, how people feel about Brexit, or certainly British people living on the European mainland feel about Brexit. Yeah. Some are going back, because I'm guessing there are people who need to, because they've got family in Britain, relatives to look after, Or they just gave up. Or they've just given up, uh, or maybe they just don't qualify for Dutch nationality yet. But those who are more embedded here and want to stay, I think, are taking the step or considering the step of now giving up. Up their british passport
0: yeah or they see no deal approaching and yeah. they say well it's just better to to go back to the uk rather than uh, sit in the netherlands and yeah. don't know, what Not know happen. what's happening no. yeah
1: In sports news, Oranje kicked off their campaign to qualify for Euro 2020 in Rotterdam on Thursday night against Belarus. Unfortunately, as we're recording on Thursday morning, we don't know the result of that game, but in any case, it was really just a warm-up for the big showdown with Germany on Sunday night in Amsterdam. The Netherlands are looking to qualify for their first summer tournament since the World Cup in 2014 when they reach the semi-finals. Estonia and Northern Ireland are the other teams in the group. Yeah, it's been since
0: 2014, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, wow.
1: that was the last time that all the streets were clad in orange <laughs> yeah. and people walking about in silly hats. And exactly,
0: yeah. I'm yeah. from Brabant, and what they did when uh, the Netherlands wasn't participating in these championships, they just turned their streets into black, red and yellow. huh. The Belgian colours. <laughs> right. Red, red, cannot look. Or just like. red from the Red Devils. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and there was also some news about Max Verstappen.
1: Yes, because the Formula One season has started up in Australia and uh, Verstappen finished a very creditable third in Melbourne behind world champion Lewis Hamilton. Uh, but after the race, he played down his chances of uh, possibly winning the title this year. He said, quote, time will tell if we can win races this year with this car. Um, he always says that. He always says that, yeah. yeah but <laughs> they've got a new engine. They've got rid of the Renault engine, which uh, Max wasn't very happy with at all. No, um, of not. And then I've so. got Honda, although Honda apparently, uh, there's still a bit of a language barrier with the Honda engineers. <laughs> they're still kind of tweaking it a bit. And I think that's why they're being sort of cautiously optimistic. But mm, certainly yeah. the Omens are better because uh, Max tends to get better as the season progresses. So given he's already got a third place under his belt, that's quite encouraging. And he seems to have uh, abandoned his habit of crashing his car um, (laughs) in in the early races of the season as well. That that,
0: that might have something to do with uh, better results, I think. The Netherlands has overtaken Switzerland to move into fifth place in the World Happiness Report, compiled every year by the United Nations. Finland tops the list, followed by Norway, Denmark and Iceland. It's always the uh, the Scandinavian countries, countries. isn't it? And then the Netherlands. Yes. Southern Sudan is considered the most unhappy country to live, in the ranking of 156 countries. Benin has made the most advances, moving up 50 places over the past 10 years, while Venezuela, Syria and Botswana have fallen the most. Every year the UN ranks countries in terms of their populations, self-reported well-being, as well as perceptions of corruption, generosity and freedom. Last year's index included a separate assessment of immigrant well-being in which the Netherlands was 11th. We're going to talk about the uh, elections after the break. Yeah. And what you could see from the election results is that people are not happy with the status quo. But if you see the position of the Netherlands on these kind of lists, then
1: it's really almost a paradox uh, to see. It's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, I always think, yeah, I'm yeah. i always a little bit sceptical about these things like happiness indexes. Is, is all about self-reporting, so it's all about your own perception, but certainly in the more objective studies, like, you know, uh, child health, for example, and that kind of thing, and obesity studies, although, you know, the, the obesity is creeping up, as it is as, elsewhere, <laughs> yeah. in the developed world, but nevertheless, you know, the Netherlands always scores very highly, and yet, uh, yeah, the sentiment you hear a lot, I think, often, not just in the last election, but in the one two years ago for the main parliament, was that people said, uh, yeah, I feel like uh, they're happy with themselves, but they're worried about how the country's going, and it is a kind of an odd thing. Yeah, really. that's also a
0: paradox. It is a bit of a paradox, yeah. So yeah. the So things are okay for me. So you're explaining the paradox with the paradox. We'll be discussing the results of the provincial elections after this word from our sponsors.
2: Stay up to date with the news about the Netherlands with Dutch News. Dutch News is the country's leading English language news website, bringing you the latest in news, politics, sports and more every day. We cover all of the news about the Netherlands in English for an international audience. You can find Dutch News online at www.dutchnews.nl or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Dutch News NL. So uh, Molly, welcome back to the podcast. I, it feels like I haven't been here in forever. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been that long?
0: Yeah, you've you've been to Italy last I week. I was into, I was in Italy last but week. But finally, and and you skipped the first half of the
1: podcast. I did. I
2: couldn't tolerate that much of you guys. No. I could only do one no. half of a. You've podcast. you've got to ration it. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. it's real bad.
1: We, we can only tolerate you on a part time basis as well. You're kind of the FA day of the podcast. I am
2: the FAD. <laughs> I hope that you guys ostracize me so I don't actually have to like show up for any more podcasts, and I can just tweet angrily about being forced out. That's my point. Uh, but it, my but it,
0: it also means that you have to pose on uh, unlikely uh, objects. That's true. So Molly, welcome back. What are we going to talk about?
2: We're going to talk about uh, elections. Yeah, right. that's true. Which happened yesterday and we were all up very late last night and then all up very early this morning dealing <laughs> with election <laughs> stuff. <so>. Yeah. <laughs> if they could terrible. better schedule elections yeah, so that uh, I could go to bed earlier, yeah. that particularly would be Election fantastic. results. They could just yeah, get the results
1: uh, in in the daytime. That would yeah, madness. or
2: just stop doing exit polling and like everyone goes to bed at nine o'clock and we yeah. all just wake up at 8 o'clock the next morning and this is when they'll start doing like exit polling data so that we can all just get a nice 12 hours of sleep yeah
0: it would be really nice
2: so did everybody vote i voted i did
1: i voted but only for the waterboard because yeah. that's all I could.
2: Yeah, same. Yeah. I can only vote for the waterboard.
1: I, I, I could
0: cast two votes. Two votes? Yeah. yeah. So Where did you vote at the Gemeente House? No, I voted at the Eerste Kammer. At the wow. Kamer. Yeah. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Very nice. I especially applied for that because uh, it is a different municipality. Yeah, you so have you have to tell them mm-hmm, yeah. that you're coming to uh, to vote. But yeah. I was hoping that I could vote in the, in the, in the Grand Hall of yeah, the grand Kammer. Yeah, no, but it's just, but was just like just in the, the side. back room. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. a nice room. But it yeah, it is a beautiful
2: yeah, ceiling. I also voted there for the same reasons because I wanted to have the experience of voting in the Erstecomer. Yeah.
0: So uh, uh, it, it's, it was uh, it was fitting.
2: Yeah. And there was a lot of... Um, I talked to a bunch of people outside the Erstecomer yesterday because I was doing some interviews, and everybody basically had, like, gone out of their way to come vote at the Erstecomer. Yeah. There was a few yeah. other people who work in The Hague and had come from other jementes that wanted to vote in the Erstecomer, and then there was a lot of people from The Hague, but, like, this was not the polling station that was closest to their house or their job. They went out of their way to be able to vote in the yeah. Erstecomer. It was a nice... So. Uh, it was a nice location. location. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And there was uh, also some other unlikely polling locations.
2: Well, I made the mistake of attempting to compliment the Netherlands on how well it runs its (laughs) democracy, which I will never, ever do again. Um, So I tweeted a photo because I thought it was cute. Of a a sign of a polling station. Yeah, that's outside of... a little arrow. Yeah. Polling station, that way. That was outside of the the Hague HS station, um, because a lot of the train stations also have polling stations in it. Very convenient. And I, I think it's very nice that that's so easy to vote here, right? Like I left my office yesterday to go to the Hague to do some reporting work, and in between, just like leaving my office and getting to the train station in Delft, I think I passed four or five other polling stations. Like I really had to go out of my way to vote where I wanted to, (laughs) Um, and I think that that's delightful. That like Dutch election bureaucracy is organized so well. So I tweeted this. Uh, and then it went all downhill from there, basically, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because the Nos Live Journal Live Blog thing picked it up, and then it was on Dach and then just like crazy people have now been messaging hijacking me you, and yeah. hijacking me and, and, and complaining. stalking you, stalking me. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah so send g- you messages. Just as a like a personal service announcement, like do not Google someone's phone number and then send them messages on <laughs> WhatsApp. Just because you see something about them on the internet or on TV. That is not okay. That never mm. happens
0: to me. More. It
2: oh, happens, happens me every time I go viral, this happens to me. I wonder what the difference is between... <laughs> yeah. the what
1: could it be? I have
2: no idea. What could it
1: be? It was a mystery.
2: Um. So I was blocking a lot of people on WhatsApp yesterday because people kept messaging me. But anyway, yeah. democracy in the Netherlands is delightful, even if the results are not exactly what uh, some of us may have hoped for.
0: Yeah, so
1: what are the results? Or at least there are not definite results but there are some predictions yeah. Yeah, there there are I was, yeah I suppose we should say as well exactly how these elections works is a bit fiddly because there are elections to the provincial assemblies but the provincial assemblies then elect the senate which yeah. is the actually the big story that everyone's talking about right yeah. and
2: those elections will take place in, in May. May in May yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, May 22nd I think
0: I'm not sure about the date but if you want to know more about the elections we did a podcast last, last week, week about uh, yeah. about the uh, uh, Easter to election so if yeah. you want to know more you can go Uh, to last week's episode, but for now, what are the results?
2: So, predictive polling. um, It was a big win for uh, Dutch News Podcast's official favorite uh, politician and all mascot, Cherry Baudet. Um, His party, the Forum for Democracy, had zero seats in the... uh, They didn't even exist. Yeah, they didn't exist in 2015, and uh, so they had zero, and now they have 13, I think they're currently calling it at. Yep, and that's the... That is the largest um uh, party yeah party. fraction in the mm. in the Ascommerce yep um, so they have overtaken the Veve day who had thirteen seats and they are now down predicted to go down to twelve yep. mm. um, We also saw losses from the pave day who went from nine to five seats um, CDA went from twelve to nine. Um, Who were some other big losses? Dezis the investor. SP, that was the other, another big one yeah. nine to four, uh, and and De went from ten unto six.
1: Yeah, um, and there was a big gain for the other big winner in the election was called Kroon Links. Kroon yeah, four to nine. Yeah, oh. from went
2: from four to nine, yeah. and the Parti van de Dira picked up one. I think Christian Uni picked up one. Yeah, um, so yeah, it was kind of this swing towards uh, Forum for Democracy, man. Mm. And uh, what does what,
0: what does this mean for the
2: coalition? It's bad news. For the coalition. So the current coalition government has four uh, parties um, mm. in the Um Those parties are the Vividay, the De 66 the Christian Uni, and the Sedea. Um, prior to this, they had a one-seat majority in the Erste Kammer. A half-seat majority. A majority, majority yeah. in the Eerste Kammer, yeah. Um, they had 38 seats, and they are now down to 31, which is not enough uh, of a majority to do anything. Mm. Um, so they are going to have to work across the aisle with uh, somebody... Um perhaps Hrun Links. We've seen in the last couple of weeks some uh, movement towards the uh, the Mark is sort of making some sort of steps towards more green, friendly climate change kind of things. For
0: example, the CO2 tax.
2: Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they're going to have to work with somebody. Um, Hrun links will give them enough. Uh, the PVDA will give them just enough. Just right? enough. Yeah. Yes. Just yep. enough. Um, so those are sort of like two options. Mark Ritter said in his speech uh, last night to supporters that he's going to be drinking a lot of cups of coffee. Uh, <laughs> And if you're not
1: spilling them on the floor this time. But, <laughs> but if he does spill them on the floor, <laughs> he will clean them up after yeah, himself. That's Gordon. true, that's true. Um,
2: and meanwhile, Cherry Baudet declared the election to be a punishment for the arrogance and stupidity of the current leaders and declined to work with any of them. So yeah. it does not seem likely <laughs> that uh, there's going to be a lot of competition or a lot of uh, coalition building between uh, the current coalition no. government and the portail. Er- I think that was
1: kind of a preemptive strike, wasn't yeah. it? So I don't think Rutte had any intention of asking Baudet no, to, no, to, to, so to support him either. And uh, I think we now, in fact, have this kind of nationalist bloc to, we have Bode and Wilders who now, yeah. um, if the projection is right, will have 18 seats between yeah. them, between, between their two them. parties. Yeah. So that's going to restrict the coalition's options quite yeah. a bit. Really. Yeah,
2: well, it forces the coalition government, I think. So I, I think today that a lot of like, sort of left-leaning progressive people in the Netherlands are very upset with this outcome, which I, I see why. On the other hand, I do think that like this sort of forces legislation that gets passed to the left because basically mm. they're going to have to either work with Hrun Links or the Pevedea yeah, no, or they can't get anything passed there's so, a silver
0: lining for these uh, results in terms of uh, for the left wing uh, uh, voters exactly yeah.
2: um, and it wasn't a huge surprise I mean polling leading up to this election has basically indicated that the coalition was going to lose its majority um, yeah,
0: the, we, we all saw this coming yeah everybody yes. saw this coming yeah.
2: we have known for weeks that. but this what was we didn't happen. see
0: coming was that form for the would, would would win yes. so much so much yeah no, we've Thought thought, in- g- right,
2: yeah. thought uh, predictive uh, polling data had suggested they were going to get somewhere between 9 and 10 seats, and now they've ended up with... 12, 13, thirteen, thirteen—I think—is what they're calling it at right now.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But there is an interesting uh, development. We it explained how the provincial or how the Easterkamer elections work. Every um, representative from the from the from the uh, provinces they vote, but you know their vote counts uh, depending on how uh, large the population of their province is. As these uh, results suggest, the independent Senate fraction... Will not gain any votes, and they get always get the, the votes from the local parties in the provincial House of Representatives. Right, and that means that their votes they have to go somewhere. Yeah. Mm. So maybe they can strike a deal with, for example, Margreta, yeah, with the coalition to um, uh, make sure that they will vote for one of the coalition parties, and right. that would maybe result in an extra seat for, yes. uh, for yeah, one for of our the coalition parties. Yeah. And that means more coffee for Margreta. More coffee yeah. for Mark Rutte. Yeah.
2: Um Yeah, I think that this is. Boy, Mark Rutte has got like a—he has got a fine tightrope that he is going to have to walk oh. for the next couple of years to keep mm. this. I mean, they have a one-seat majority in the Tweede and now they have oh, this yeah. like negotiation situation in the Eerste Kamer. Like, I do not envy this man's job. Yeah. Although, if you look,
1: when you look through the coalition agreement, I think you find that uh, you know either hoon links or Fadia will get a substantial. A share of the of the legislation through. Yeah. they Don't have huge objections to it. Yeah. As you say, you've seen Rota move towards um, Kuhn links uh, on yeah. the climate. He obviously anticipated this as well. He's moved towards on, on migration as well. between Because yeah. walked out of the coalition talks about migration. Yep. But now the coalition softened its stance. Um. And also, of course, he he, um, he was uh, in the last coalition. Um. Lordavak who's a labor labor leader, was his deputy. So right. they've got a very good working relationship yeah. as well. Uh, and I think he saw, saw there was a bit of sort of uh, you know it was a very the, the debate between them on Tuesday. Night uh, between Rutter and us was very, very good natured and lots yeah. sort of bonhomie. They obviously clearly get on well together, yeah. And and the, that that the, will count. the Caroline incident was also yeah, was with in Lod- that Lod-Bak debate. Usher, yeah. And uh, Lodak Usher
0: responded to that really dignified yeah. and yes, they uh, yeah, didn't try and to and make capsule out of it at all. No. He no, no, joined exactly. in the joke, no, yeah. no, in, indeed. Yeah, so but if, if if there is anyone in Dutch politics who can manage to... Yeah, you're going, you wanted to say I wanted this? to say exactly this. Well, there's I'll a, give you the floor. Thank
2: you. If there's anyone in Dutch politics that can, like, sort of hold this insane coalition together and get these people to attempt to pass legislation, it is Mark Rutte. Yeah, and to mm. find
0: common ground for anyone, yeah. uh, you know, from left to middle to yeah. right, uh, it's Mark Rutte. Yeah. yeah indeed. So...
2: Um, I think the other kind of interesting thing is is that turnout was up a lot, mm-hmm. um, about twelve and a half percentage points, something like that. Yeah, really um, awesome. which is it's quite huge. a big. Yeah, yes. um, it was way it was the highest in Zealand. Uh, they had sixty percent, uh, and, and Utrecht was just very closely behind it. Um, And then there was, of course, this question about whether or not the shooting in Utrecht Mm. is going to have much of an influence on the election. I think broadly speaking, it's a little unclear. Um, I have seen some things saying that the reason that Forum for Democracy went from where they were polling, say, last week or two weeks ago at 9 to 10 seats to 12 to 13 seats is because of the shooting. I don't know necessarily that I think that we have enough information to tell. Um, NOS did an exit poll in Utrecht, and 76% of voters in Utrecht said the shooting did not impact their vote. Uh, While well, 11% did. Um, and turnout there was like way higher than it was in uh, 2015. So I think that maybe more people turned out I think I think it's too early to tell the answers to yeah. those two questions basically
0: Could it have anything to do with the uh, climate measures that are announced?
2: Yeah I mean I think the last couple of weeks and also there was a big teacher strike which like just seems to be getting totally forgotten about in all the other news that happened like last week so I think there's been a lot of like no, we, we, we covered it on the Dutch News podcast Yes we did cover it on the Dutch News <laughs> yes. podcast but I think in the general coverage right so much stuff has happened in the last 72 hours that it's yeah. I think it's hard to filter out right now what exactly Maybe has caused yeah. this increase in turnout, um, and maybe it's climate. Maybe it was like some of the political motivations of the teachers. I mean, there's Perhaps I think there's a, a huge yeah. a combination. Yeah. I yeah. kind of
1: think the climate uh, debate was quite significant because uh, not just formed uh, for full but also Hun Link's uh, scored very well in the election. Yeah. I think that's because people took a side on that uh, on that issue yeah. very strongly because Bode was had the strongest um, line publisher. against in uh, you know, yeah. opposition to um, climate change, and obviously Hun Links is the party that wants to push these measures through.
0: Yeah, as you see. You see this increase of the parties that are in opposition and yeah. are really in favor of of, uh, of these climate measures. And the NOS, they um, uh, I was watching uh, their program this morning, and they showed um, uh, like a diagram uh, where the voters of Forum for Democracy come from um, compared to the Tweede Kamer verkiezingen uh, mm-hmm. two years ago. And uh, it turns out, well, some of them come from the Forum for Democracy voters, yeah, uh, but uh, in total half of them come from Forum for Democracy and. Pvv yeah. and the share of the Pvv, I think, obviously they are Way tired. They, yes. are, yeah. they are tired of, of Wilders not not achieving anything. So yeah, they it's are, kind of a
1: spent force, isn't he, Wilders? Yeah. I think we're seeing.
0: But on but the other half, they come from uh Pvd, uh, uh, SPS. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think these the people who who went from from these parties to form for the Republic, the they I think they received their energy bill. In in the beginning of the Mm. year They thought Oh wow What's going to happen And then they See all these Climate measures uh, Being announced They were really Scared of what what This will mean For their For their wallet And for their Financial situation So I think
1: They uh, went to Form for for Democracy because of the climate uh, the stuff, climate stuff. Yeah, 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 and because of the personal impact it had on them in, uh, yeah, in, um, uh, in their actual household bills. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: I will say one other thing, which is that the S.P. also did not do well in this election, um, and it was definitely like sort of pulling for some of this right-wing vote. I mean, the S.P., despite the fact that it is the socialist party, yeah. is oftentimes quite sort of right wing in it's like immigration and integration policies I mean they can also come out and say some very like sort of anti-immigrant anti-migrant sentiment and yeah, I think well, that's
1: been a recent development yeah. well. I think since um, uh, Marijnissen took over from yeah. Roma I think they have moved in that direction trying right. to capture some of that populist vote
2: yeah. yeah and so I think that you know some of the move from the SPA to Forum for Democracy is this contingent of people who maybe prior to this felt that implementing socialist policies was more important and now they're sort of seeing and immigration and maybe anti-EU sentiment as being mm-hmm. the thing that they think is more important which yeah. is why and there is also a bit of
1: it. Yeah. and there's also a bit of a, uh, of a, of a as well as a, uh, a hard right um, uh, uh, campaign against uh, the European Union so you also see it on the left you see yeah. it with yeah. the British Labour Party yeah. you see it with the Socialist Party yeah. Yeah, there, there is a kind of uh, thing of you know, we should just uh, organise socialism within our own country, countries yeah, yeah. and not have these, interna- uh, these international constructions yeah. that, uh, and what is also some
0: of the what, what's also one of the appealing things about form for democracy they are new they yeah. are they, fresh. Yeah. They it's are exciting. Fresh and they they kick against all the established parties. And the SP, they are how long are they? they yeah. They're the protest 30,
1: party of thirty years ago. Yeah, thirty years so, ago. Yeah. So
0: just like with the PVV, people get tired of 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 wielders not uh, achieving anything. The SP is also not achieving anything. Yeah. So mm. maybe they're also tired of the SP. Yeah. And then if you are against the European Union and you are. Anti-immigrant. Well, then the logical next step is uh, is perhaps Forum for Democracy, yeah. even though that's on the entire other end of the political spectrum. Yeah. yeah.
2: So the Dutch capital, uh, Amsterdam, was the only one that bucked the trend with uh, Forum for Democracy coming in sixth place mm. there. Um, yeah. It is behind GroenLinks, uh, the PVDA, and the uh, the uh, uh, Partij van de Dieren, the
1: Animal Rights Party. The Animal yes. Rights Party, yeah.
2: very important. Um, Groenlinks is huge in Amsterdam. They took 26% yeah. of the vote. That's a big, big... By Dutch
1: standards, that's enormous. It's enormous,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, Utrecht also saw Groenlinks, uh, grow. Uh, uh so they're in first place along with the d Sestug and, uh, the VVD, which is in second and third. Um, The Hague saw that the VVD remains the biggest political party with Forum for Democracy in second place. Um, and their local sort of populist party group yeah. de Moss did not participate in uh, provincial yeah. elections that's kind of
1: interesting they stepped aside because of course in the local elections last year um the forum for democracy didn't take part in right. the Hague but group uh, de Moss won yeah I wonder so, what's yeah. going on interesting, in there. That, interesting. yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, Rotterdam which is traditionally like a stronghold of sort of right-wing anti-immigration populist party is foreign for democracy emerged as the largest party um, and that was mostly at the expense of the PVV oh,
0: if we move to other PVV face strongholds or former PVV for face strongholds yeah. we we go to uh, Limburg, yes. yeah. which is all, always, uh, uh, you know, PvV gets a lot of votes yeah. there. It's Wilder's uh, home patch, of course. Yeah. I- yeah. Indeed. But if you now look at the map and of the, of the election results, then you hardly see any PVV blue on the map. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't see, also don't see the Form for Democracy lavender color. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You see green dominating, yeah. the CDR green. Yes. So yeah. that's interesting. Also but interesting. if you then look at all the municipalities and all the, the, the top three, then it's always CDR yeah. PVV for Forum for Democracy, Democracy. They, yeah. they, they swap places yeah. on second and third
2: place. Do we think that the fact that the CDA won big in Limburg had to do with the fact that I had a viral tweet about Forum for Democracy <laughs> screwing <laughs> up their campaign materials Definitely. in Limburg? I, I would so. very much like to think yeah. so. Yeah. I am, yeah. I'm going to say yes. I am going to think so, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes.
0: <laughs> this is wishful thinking, but uh, yes. It's okay. We shouldn't we shouldn't uh, fact check this to death. No, don't knows, don't, no. don't think about this. Or at hard. all, actually. Yeah. We yeah. have to assume that this is true. Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, and
0: uh, how is uh, how are the election results in the other provinces? Um, because after all, these were provincial elections. These were provincial were. elections.
2: Um, so let's just do a quick rundown. We're still waiting on results from some of the provinces. Um, things in Groningen were very close. Uh, basically, Labour, Gronlings, and Forum are going to split. They each have five seats on the city council. Mm, yeah. um, Labour is likely maybe to be the biggest. Um, it could pick up one or two more.
1: Yeah, Gronlings again did very well in the city of Groningen. Yeah. There. Unsurprisingly, the yeah. place
2: that's being destroyed by fracking earthquakes <laughs> yes, is yeah. voted for the anti-climate. A change party. Um, the CDA remains the biggest party in Friesland, but Forum has just stepped up into second place ahead of the Labour Party. Uh, so the CDA will probably take eight seats, with Forum and Labour each having six. Zout Holland, which is, I, I think people are often surprised that this is like such a forum for democracy stronghold but yeah. it traditionally has been i mean like the PVV has also done quite well in south holland um, yeah
1: rotterdam the hague are two cities where far-right parties have traditionally uh, yeah. always done well i mean that's for town of course but had his whole support base in rotterdam yeah and there. the westland uh, yeah region exactly. as well yeah.
2: yeah um so in south holland uh it's 11 seats to forum for democracy nine to the baby day um all the way over in the east and over ISIL. the christian democrats remain the biggest party they did lose a couple of seats um forum for democracy and the baby day both have six um and Hronlinks links uh picked up uh a couple to bring its total to five um so we saw some moves over there uh Flevoland, the newest of the dutch provinces uh which why, why do you want to emphasize that i don't know because it's funny that you guys pulled the whole province out of the water <laughs> um forum for democracy emerged as the biggest party with eight seats on the council um the baby day lost a seat, um, will be in second place with six. Um, PVV lost two seats, but will remain the third largest party with four seats. Uh, Groenlinks also took four there. Helderland, turnout was way up in Helderland, I think. Mm. It's also kind of interesting. Mm. And the VVD held onto their lead. Forum for Democracy took second place. Uh, The VVD remains the largest party um, in North Brabant Uh, um, with with 10 seats. Forum for Democracy is taking second place there. Um, And we've just had a, a I think just this morning, just maybe the last hour or so, some results have come in. So we talked a little bit about Limburg. Um, so that's gonna be Sedea, Forum for Democracy and the PVV. Those are that's traditionally a sort of populist stronghold in the country. Uh Drenta, uh the PVDA takes the lead. That's traditionally who it is, is, it is in strong, lead in, in uh, Drenta. It's, it's a, a st- strong, strong Labour party. Yeah. yeah. Forum for Democracy in second, and the VVD in third. Uh, so down in the Zeeland, the Bible Belt, CDA takes first place. Uh, SGP is in second. That's also pretty typical. That's like a yeah, pretty Christian, yeah. heavily area. Forum that, for Democracy is in third.
0: And the turnout in Zeeland is always uh, quite high because all the SGP voters, they, they always come... Uh, yeah. to they're very vote. devout. They're yes, very devout. devout. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Turnout was the highest in Zeeland as it was in any province in the country. They were there always... They're usually quite up there, so...
1: Yeah, yeah. And of course, um, yeah. And uh, um, I, I saw an interesting uh, tweet this morning, I think, from Joshua Liefestow, who said pointed out that um, although we've had this big breakthrough for Forum for Democracy, the vote for the right-wing parties, if you include CDA and FVD and Forum and PFF, is actually that they have to end up with the same number of senators yeah. in the new Senate as they had in the last one. Yeah. So it's not that uh, the whole country has shifted to the right, but no. uh, within the right... A, the, the, the the far right has gained ground? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah, yeah I think that that's probably a good the good like takeaway. And from the far
0: this. left yeah. is is, uh, is is losing
1: ground. Yeah, yeah the, the SP enough. are losing support. Yeah, um, yeah and th- some of that has gone to Forum. But uh, at the same time, uh, on the left, what you see I think is a progressive vote has shifted away from data and and towards Green Links. Yeah, yeah.
2: And and honestly, I mean, like there tends to be a shift away from the party in power to other kind of similar parties in elections here. So I don't think it was like totally surprising. That DASA's de- statistic leader or er, er, voters have moved towards uh Groen Links, for example.
0: Yeah, yeah. except the Kistanuni. Except for the Christian yeah. Union, yeah. yeah, they, they picked, picked up one seat. Mm, my theory very big, very is that the
2: terrier. reason that they picked up uh, seats there is because he looks like an adorable terrier dog. Hmm. Okay. That's well, my theory.
1: Okay. Don't don't think about that one too much either. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, but in that context, it's interesting that the Fei-Fei Day actually have held up pretty well. Uh, the, the, the the biggest party in government. It's yeah, the minor parties that have uh, seen their vote crumble yeah. away.
2: But, I mean, I think what carries the Fei-Fei Day's stronghold is how good of a prime minister Mark Rutte is. I mean, mm. I think overwhelmingly people seem to think that for the most part, he's doing a pretty good job. The exception of Cherry Baudet and Vildor's probably. But like, you know, I I think, you know, when you sort of Interact with people, they often think that you know. At the very least, like Ruto is doing a good job governing. Maybe they don't agree with his politics, and I think that that's like oftentimes what carries the baby days popularity. Is yeah, people.
0: and he is willing to work together with yeah. everyone, yeah. basically. And uh, you know that that's a good thing. Yeah. It might yeah. not be a good thing if you willing to uh, work together with the uh, form for democracy. Yeah. But uh, you know,
1: in in general, that I think that's uh, that's a very good thing. Yeah. So in general, I mean, we, we, there's been a lot of uh, commentators got quite excited, obviously, about this and the foreign press about this. Uh, Breakthrough for uh, Tirole day but how much of a shift is it really? Do we think? I think we've given a few hints about what we think about this. I
2: mean, I think it's what basically what you said yeah. a minute ago. It's not a huge shift. What it is is a restructuring of the right-wing parties to see more movement towards this kind of far-right right-wing party, as opposed to some of the other right-leaning parties, like the Sedea and weirdly the SP, which is mm. not like a right-leaning party in a traditional sense, but on some things it tends yeah. to have more alignment with, say, the PVV, the Forum for Democracy. Yeah,
0: maybe Thierry Boudet was uh, was able to mobilize uh, more people, yeah. uh, people mm. who would normally speaking stay at home yeah. that could explain why the turnout is so the high. Is so high. Yeah. And yeah. is just someone who, I mean, he's he an internet phenomenon, right? uh, uh, When when you Mm. are are young you you look at memes on the internet and you see Thierry Boudin emerging everywhere and uh, you know he's, he's, he's fun to to look at yeah. and to, yeah. I mean we we make fun of him all he's the time he's fun to and talk his, about also. He, it is irresistible yeah. not to talk about yeah. him. yeah if he you... is
1: he's very good at grabbing attention I think that's where he's eclipsed Wilders as well Wilders yeah. has got a much more you know um, basic um, social media strategy I think um, Budé has definitely outmaneuvered him there yeah, I think I agree that's where that. a lot of his success has come from I think he's kind of yeah, the, the, and he, is, he does seem to be a lot of knockabout fun and fun to talk about and he comes out with one liners but there is this is very kind of really quite sinister undercurrent yeah. of the uh, form for democracy that we shouldn't lose sight of. Yeah. And I think I it's curious that at a time when the Netherlands is kind of, you know, by all uh, economic measures, really prospering and has yeah. been doing well for ten years, you have a party that comes in, paints this very apocalyptic picture of the country that goes yeah. for dogs and is being ruined by its administrators, and that that appeals to people. No. Does that remind of quite, you of someone? Well, it's worrying because you know, at a time like this, when the country as a whole is doing well, it, people that appeals to people. What's going to happen if there's a recession? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I'm very curious to see how all this, like, sort of nexit anti-eu like pro-isolationism plays out in the wake of actual brexit um because i think brexit is going to be bad i mean Brexit it already is. Brexit party <laughs> is bad. spoiler, spoiler is. alert um but i think brexit is going to get worse sorry gordon um sorry right, th- i'm here yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: I's not going away. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and that um you know I wonder what people's viewpoints are going to be after you see all of the problems that come with the UK actually leaving the European well, Union. Well
0: they're already spinning this into yeah. into into saying uh, uh Brexit just has bad leadership. yeah,
2: and
1: But also saying it's a conspiracy by the European Union to that they're punishing Britain and therefore yeah. they're trying to stop other countries joining leaving the club. Yeah. So, so they're that they're I mean, the royal thing about
2: that that point no, I thing no, is that
1: on is that the other so a is that right. the other thing is the have government. But. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so,
0: leave- so thing says, <laughs> as long as you don't have a Dutch is May who is yeah. leading thing uh, if you the me uh, who can lead this country into is successful the that's thing ju- the that's what he, what he is saying. Yeah. I can lead the Netherlands into the
1: Yeah opposed to yeah. to me Who's I, doing her best? But yeah. I mean, yeah. he's yes. actually doing the same thing as a lot of uh, uh, Brexiteers and leavers, who's saying, you know, I can restore some great mythical yeah. golden age of the country, which never actually existed. Yeah. But he paints a very persuasive picture of it. Well, but
0: it, it exists wonder...
1: but just for a very small amount of people, right? And, and yeah. not the entire
2: country. Rich yeah. white land owning men, basically. <laughs> um. But I and want their wives. and their wives. Yes, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> great to <laughs> me. I'm not trading. Already, no, no. Yeah, I would. I would stick now with my boring middle class life than being rich man's wife during the (laughs) golden age of the british empire um i wonder how that happened like how people feel about this once you know you have to go back through border security at the uk that we like you need a visa that like all of a sudden you can't import and export goods like Mm -hmm. how does this how does this traditional port city of rotterdam feel like when all of a sudden you lose this trading partner and so that i think has the potential to sort of demonstrate how bad of an idea Nexit an is and that, like, how good of an idea the European Union is. So, you know, I'm sorry that, like, the UK is, like, crashing out in this, like, terrible, awful way. On the other hand, like, I hope the rest of Europe is, like, that seems awful we should not do that and like learns mm-hmm. from this lesson
1: yeah yeah but it's interesting in that context that uh, Bode only tangentially re- referred to Nexit just once or twice during yeah. the campaign he really focused his guns mostly on climate and yeah. immigration yeah. Yeah. and and climate it is works. particularly clever, I think, because yeah. climate is the one issue actually where the provinces do have a bit of uh, authority and influence, yeah. and you can actually disrupt the coalition's plans yeah. uh, because of, through the planning system. We well, should yeah. uh, we should also mention that Chiribude's uh, uh, candidate list in the provinces mm.
0: were very small. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, for example, in uh, in Flevoland, uh, they had seven candidates, and they now have seven seats. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and in other provinces, you see similar things. However, Boudet, uh had people on the list who were also on other lists list. yeah. yeah. so they don't have enough people to fill all yeah. their seats yeah. the, the, and on top of that all their candidates or most of their candidates do not live in the province where they are elected running. right yeah. now yeah. so they're going to have to move yeah. and they're going to have to find new people yeah. to fill their seats and I'm not sure how that works if you are just allowed to to fill the seats with some random person who wasn't even on the candidate list Yeah,
1: yeah. so there are candidates who are candidates in more than one province and therefore can only take a seat in one and they're going to have to replace them Yeah. yeah. yeah I think there so, so a... the form for democracy is now going to have to put people in seats who no one's ever voted for.
2: (laughs) Funny how that works. I mean, I think sort of on like a last note, one of the things to think about is how well Cherry Baudet is going to be at Organizing such a large group of yeah. people. I mean, I think this is a thing that we have seen Wilders is also quite bad at, right? That, like, he's very good at, like, stirring up trouble and quite bad at, like, the actual job of governing and, like, maintaining a group of people. This is why you see and have seen a lot of defections from the Peveve. I mean, I suspect they're not going to get, you know, and you have all these, like, incredibly crazy scandals of Peveve people who, like, it turns out, like, have actual swastika tattoos and, like, this kind of <laughs> stuff. Right? So, like, who are I'm these not sure people? I'm sure that
1: ever happened, but it's a sort of... I
2: know. Didn't they? they? had a guy. There, in
1: was there was a guy in Rotterdam yeah. who had really? to step down after one day. And also he has swastika tattoos, but he certainly sort of oh. tweeted stuff about. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, uh, okay. very, it was very so It
2: was so Nazi ish that they made him yeah. step down. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I hey, didn't
0: hey, know about the yes. swastika tattoos, yeah. but okay.
2: But uh, it, but the point being, sort of, that like, who is Jerry Baudet going to have in the Heirs and how well is he going to be able to maintain this, like, group of people? It's one thing to be able to win elections, it's yeah. other things to be able to go
0: This him. group of people that are completely new and yeah. nobody knows.
1: Yeah. It is going to be like herding cats. Yeah. Thing, yeah.
2: so I think I'm curious to see how well that plays out yeah,
1: yeah
0: me too well that's all we have for you this week this podcast is a production of Dutch News which can be found online at dutchnews.nl we will include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes you can get in touch with us by email to podcast at dutchnews.nl if you want to help us out please subscribe to the podcast leaving us a rating my thanks to Gordon, Tarek and Molly Quell I'm Paul Peters and we'll be back next week